Right, Lord, we're very grateful for the chance to gather together as a church family. We are thankful that you've given us the privilege as brothers and sisters in Christ to uh, be bonded together in the bond of peace that is made possible because of the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. We belong to you, and we are glad that we can gather together as your people to carry out your work and fulfill your purposes in this world. And all of this, Lord, we want to do to the praise and glory of your name, including what we spend time doing together this morning as we talk about things that are happening in the life and the ministry of of this church body um, to further the kingdom work that you are doing in this world. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, we've got several things that we want to walk through uh, with you this morning. The first thing is just to give you an update on kind of our finances. I know it's late. We usually do this earlier in the year, but... It's been hard to get things going this year, so uh, we're going to begin with that this morning. So, Jeff? It's starting off good. Thank you. Well, good morning. Um, We... uh... They're, uh, they're putting the, uh, the accountant first because it's the most exciting thing, as you know. So, But uh, we uh, recently met, went over the uh, 2020 uh, budget and uh, the financial position of the church. I mean, so we just wanted to give you an update and overview of uh, kind of what went on. Um, and let's see if I can get here. As you can see... Um, we uh, budgeted for 2020 about $677,000 in the budget. Um, Expenditures ended up being about $639,000 and giving about $630,000. So we ended up with about an $8,700 shortfall. Now, that uh, was generally due to we had duplication and staffing for the year. We had um, uh, a couple of people on um, and for short periods of time training and getting other staff members up to speed. So if you back out that duplication uh, in wages and salary, we probably end up, or we do end up with a surplus. So that this is an anomaly uh, for the year and, and should not happen in the future. Um, I did uh, want to mention that um, giving, you know, this year was crazy. COVID, we're not meeting together, and giving just remained tremendously strong. And online giving was strong. Um, people just giving on a monthly basis was strong. And it's just, you know, God's provision and the faithfulness of this church. And we're just so thankful for that. In fact, um, the uh, Deacon's Benevolence Fund went up significantly. We sent out an email on it. And just the generosity of this church uh, brought that up to a significant amount to help meet needs of, uh, fam- of the members of this church family that were, uh, you know, with everything going on that were uh, desperately needed. And we just thank you so much for that. Um, in terms of the uh, the budget shortfall, we in the past when we've had surpluses, we always set up a, a reserve account uh, for years that we do have a deficit. So we have significant funds in this uh, reserve account to take care of that. We can absorb that. We can absorb future ones. And, of course, any year that we have a surplus, we'll add back to that fund. So uh, the, uh, the, the shortfall this year is really, um, it was uh, really immaterial, small, and taken care of just uh, because of the strong financial position of the church in, in the past. Um, in terms of uh, 
long-term expenses in 2020, we, uh, we actually did not have any uh, major expenses or anything that we had to use out of the reserve account, just a very small amount, uh, $763 for some office equipment and that sort of thing. So nothing major coming out of those reserve accounts in 2020. Um, in, uh, uh, also, in, um, we uh, continue to uh, budget for um, reserve accounts, um, to try to build up these things for future needs, if we have building improvement needs, if we have equipment needs, office, and uh, you know anything in the sanctuary, uh, we uh, continue to budget for those, 14,000 for long-term reserves and $4,000 for short-term reserves. So again, we'll build these accounts up and we already have adequate balances in these accounts um, to meet the needs that we have. So again, just a strong financial position there. Um, I think I missed one of the, I'm gonna go back here real quick and see if I missed one of the, well, no. Um, I, I did wanna mention, uh, I have another slide in here, but I, I don't think it's in here, but um, in 2021, and it might be, this might be at the end, let me go and see if it's, yes, here it is. And uh, 2021, uh, you know, we had the auditorium upgrades and um, that was about $63,000. And again, we had funds set aside for this, um, significant funds set aside. So, you know, this beautiful renovation that we've done was paid for. We had the reserve set aside for it. And the parking lot resurfacing of uh, $24,000. And that, that buys us some, uh, extra time on the parking lot. You know, I don't know if that's three to five years, but it just gives us extra time. But we still have enough in that reserve account to handle when we have to completely replace the, uh, the parking lot. So we've already provided for that. So additions to the reserve account, um, we'll just add to that. So again, just a, another picture of that we're in a strong financial position. Um, in terms of the 2021 budget, um, we uh, um, are budgeting $638,000. This is about $53,000 per month. And it represents a decrease of about 6% uh, from prior year's uh, budget. Um, just to reiterate, the church remains in a very strong financial position. God has been just so faithful to this church through these turbulent times and just throughout its history. And we just praise him for that. And this family has just remained faithful in giving and providing for the needs of this church. And we thank you for that. Um, uh, and, the, you know, the last piece of this that I think can't be uh, uh, overstated is that this staff just does a tremendous job of controlling expenses. They are always under, uh, under budget, and they are, they're always very conscientious about what they spend, how they spend it, and getting uh, the best value they can out of what we have. And so I just uh, want to thank the staff uh, just for their uh, commitment on that. And um, if you have questions, I know, you know, this is uh, a lot of numbers and uh, boring accounting and financial information, but if you have questions, I'm happy to field those now, or any members of the Finance Committee, uh, please feel free, if you don't want to ask those questions now, to get with us. We'd be happy to answer any questions. If we don't know the answers to those questions, we can get them for you. But uh, we, again, just want to thank y'all and, uh, and just praise God for just how he has provided for us. Any questions? Okay, I'll turn it over to the next one.
All right, go ahead and go to the next one, um, if you could, Lance. So this is one of the things that we are, is new for our church. Actually, it's been in development for a while, and so, Carrie, if you want to come and kind of talk a little bit about the safety team and more to follow in the months ahead. So, Hey, gang. It's great to see you this morning. Um, for those that have been here for a while, you've heard discussion about a safety team in development, and I just want to tell you that that's still in development. Um, and to let you know that uh, Ron Vick, hey, Ron, uh, has graciously uh, stepped into the uh, leadership role of that group. And what we fully expect is that to be a team of people uh, to uh, lead the safety team. Now, uh, Ron uh, feels, as we do as elders, that this is, needs to be a multifaceted team with many people involved. And what we anticipate is that this would have three, perhaps three main branches of the safety team. One focused on medical uh, we expect that probably the most likely thing that we'll encounter as a church family would be a medical event within uh, a service like this one or uh, the second hour. Um, the second might be uh, the, the uh, issue of dealing with a fire or a situation where we need to evacuate the church. And so we anticipate there might be another branch or group that would be focused on helping us build that plan. And then thirdly would be this, the safety and perhaps the need to shelter in the church in a certain situation. And so, again, another branch of people that might be focused at helping us uh, develop that plan and to uh, implement that plan should it become necessary. So uh, we're thankful for Ron and his willingness to step into that. Um, with his background as a coach and an academic administrator, uh, he's well-suited to, to step into this, and, and his organization's skills and background will uh, be helpful in that process. So uh, if, you're, if you have questions or if you uh, are interested, you're welcome to contact, contact Ron. Uh, you're also welcome to contact one of the elders, and we can get you in touch with him. Uh, or if you had already put your name on the list uh, on some previous meetings, then uh, Ron has been given that information, and he may be reaching out to you. So, uh, Ron, thank you, and we look forward to many people within the body stepping into the role to uh, try to make sure that, that this place is a safe place uh, here when we meet for ministry. So, good. And as Gary said, this is something that continues uh, to progress, so in case you didn't know, there have been a number of people, some of you already are uh, CPR certified because of you're involved in the medical industry, but we had people within our church who we paid for for them to be certified as well, just to be prepared and ready in the case of an event. We also have an AED, which is used in the case of a cardiac arrest, uh, that's available now for in the people who went through that certification have been trained on that. So these are the kinds of things that have already been done and have been developed, and we expect that to continue with these other features moving forward. So just wanted you to know that. Thanks, Don. All right. Uh, if you've ever walked into an environment and you thought, man, I don't know anybody here, it can be really uncomfortable. Uh, I can remember the first time I uh, changed schools, and I was in high school. It was 10th grade, and I changed schools, and I walked into the cafeteria, and I was like, I don't even know where to sit. And so you kind of look for people that look like you, or you, you, you just try to attach yourself to any type of familiarity you can. It can be a little disconcerting. So one of the things we thought about at, at uh, Melanie Park is that 
because this is such a tight family, and this is an example of this, as Todd was well, uh, kind of getting this meeting rolling, he was like, all right, good morning. I mean, it was hundreds of conversations going on. He couldn't even get you guys' attention because you're already connecting with people that you know. It's such a tight family. Every Sunday feels like a family reunion. Well, that's a, an incredible thing for a church. It's healthy. It's good. The issues, though, become when you walk into this this auditorium, and you don't know anybody. So what we decided to do was to put together a welcome team, a team that would be um, kind of direct people to where they need to go. We try to remove the discomfort of that first time walking into a building. And so uh, statistics say that people make a decision about the church they're going to, to attend within about the first 15 minutes of walking into that place. That's amazing, isn't it? So what we're going to what we try to do is try to eliminate as many barriers as possible so that those people can come into this environment and and intersect and connect to a family that's already healthy. But if we don't remove those barriers, they're already making decisions about whether they're going to continue to tend or not. So we have a goal here. And so the goal is that to help new visitors and guests experience God's grace and loving uh, family through intentional greeting and welcoming atmosphere. And you think, well, that's kind of, that's nice and cute. Here's the deal, is that every every person that walks in here, and if you think about yourselves, every person that walks in here has a different story. And when they walk into this environment, many times they're hurting. There's a reason why they're looking for a church to attend. And so it's not just, hey, we want to make sure we get a cup of coffee in your hand and a handshake and a smile. We want to make sure that they connect with the King of Kings. And so we create as an environment, not, not just the welcome team. And uh, if you see people walking around with these little badges, that they're part of a, a group that's volunteered to do this. It's not just them. It's all of us. It's all of us creating that environment for people to come in and meet with our Savior. Because the most beautiful um, picture of Jesus is his body. And this is us. And so we want to create an environment so when people walk into Melanie Park Church, they get to intersect an already healthy family, a healthy church body, but we have to remove those barriers to do so. So we've set up some roles to do that. And here's some expectations. And so we have four different, four different roles that, and this is just a, a team that we're building. It's not, we're not finished or complete, but these are things that we think. So we have greeters. And if you've noticed the last few Sundays at the corner of the building, um, there's a little sign that says enter here. Here's the reason why. We don't care where you guys enter. You can enter wherever you want. You can come in, well, you can't come in the back door because that's locked, but you can come in any other door that you can get in. We don't, we don't really care where you guys go. The problem with our building though, is that when you first drive up and you've never been here, it's hard to, where do I go? One, one um, door says office. The other door by the coffee hallway um, doesn't say anything. And then we do say, it does say worship center or auditorium on the corner there. But if you're a new person, that's hard to see. So we put a little sign there. That's not to dictate where people go for you guys. That's to help new people when they come to know exactly where they're supposed to go. So we put a sign there and we're, we place people out there to, to welcome them. And then we're, we're going to open the door for uh, people. Just be nice and say good morning. Again, people make a decision about what church they're going to attend within the first 15 minutes. So we want to at least be friendly, open the doors. And then we, so those greeters say hello. 
they greet people. Um, uh, they just start knowing people's names. And then the ushers who, uh, Ron Vick, Ron Vick does so much for our church, but Ron and his usher team um, help people get into the auditorium. They hand out um, the handouts, the, the, the worship guide, and they just make sure that communion goes well. Um, they do all kinds of things just to make sure people get into the auditorium um, uh, effectively. Then what, the other thing that we've, we thought would be really good is that if I was visiting a church, I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't want to know information about the church. Well, where do I go? Again, if there's someone with that name tag, they can ask them. But we also are going to start making announcements about the information booth back there, the information table. And so we have people that stand back there and start, um, they, they just start connecting people to information. And if you, when you guys leave, it may be a good idea for you to go over there and look too. Um, Ashley, um, Ashley Beatty, who's our administrative assistant, started putting together little cards of information about our youth program, about our children's ministry, about Regen. And there's little cards there so that when people are new and they want to know about our small groups, they can pick up one of those cards. And so that's going to be an information hub, not only just for new guests, but for us as well. So when things are going on, you can go to that information desk. So like one of those is summer events. There's a little card there that about summer events. We have a um, MPC senior party for our seniors that are graduating from either high school or college. We have a, um, a party May 9th at Adeldew Farms. And then there's a dinner on the grounds. That information is at our information booth. And so it's not just for new guests. It's for you guys as well. And then... Connectors are people, that's all of us. And here's what I want to I want to challenge you guys with. It's so easy to come in here and meet with our family and give hugs and have those conversations. But again, there's hurting people that visit us every Sunday. Every Sunday. Keep an eye out for them. And when they come and sit down by themselves and no one speaks to them, they're making decisions about what kind of family this is. And so I'm not trying to guilt you guys. It just happens. So I'm, I'm super aware of that because of my experiences of walking into new environments and going, I don't know what, and I'm really nervous about that. We have people every Sunday that do that. So keep an eye out for them. Don't overwhelm them and just pile on. But we have actually people in the, in the, in the auditorium that are, that are tasked with making sure that they get connected to. And so just keep an eye out for anybody that's new into our environment. And so let me give you a good tip. This is our... This is when we did the welcome team kickoff. This is something I gave them. If this has happened, I know this. I think it happened to HUD. Somebody came in that was sort of new, and they were like, they met HUD, and they said, oh, wow, are you new here? <laughs> to HUD. I think HUD's been here 117 years. So <laughs> that's not true. Okay, so the funny thing is, is that HUD's like, are you new here? You know, it's almost like I've been here a long time. I was, I think I was born here. So it's, it's you, you, I've been here a long time. So the, 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 that's a little um, uh, disconcerting when you, when someone that's new here or someone that's not new here gets asked that question. And so what we do is change the question. That's all it is. And it's real easy. If you come across somebody that you've never met, this is a real easy way. How long have you been attending Melanie Park? 
Wouldn't that be just, it takes down any walls. So if you're new, that's easy to answer. If you've been going here for a long time, it's easy to answer. It doesn't put anybody at odds. So as a part of our welcome team strategy, we just ask good questions. That's how we connect people to our body. And so it's real simple, um, fairly easy for our, 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 our group to do, but we want to make sure that everyone's involved in that. So that's our welcome team structure. I'm going to skip a slide real quick and then come back to it because I'm already up here. Um, we, speaking of Ashley Beatty, she was on a temporary um, um, job training is really what it was. We didn't know if that she was going to end up being the, the person for our admin assistance job or not. She was just filling in while we looked for someone. But the good part is, is that one, she does an amazing job. And two, she, she actually would want to have that job. So we went through the process of, 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 of hiring her. And we finally, so we just want to make sure that at all times, if we have a personnel change that we let you guys know. And so Ashley Beatty is our new official admin assistant. And if you ever, she's not here today uh, because she hates attention and she would hate all of this. But I will say, I'll just tell you, she is one of the most amazing workers. Her and Sandy Sanders, Sandy is here. Sandy, the, the our front office staff, keeps this place running. I mean, it's the behind the scenes people that do it. I mean, Todd and Bruce and Brian, they're pretty talented people. I'm so-so. But the front office staff is amazing. And so if you ever get a chance just to thank them and just give them a pat on the back, they really keep this place going. So Ashley's our new hire and give our front office a pat on the back. All right, we're going to do uh, small group structures. We changed that. So Doug McAlpine's going to come up here and tell us about that. I think everybody knows how much we value small groups at Melanie Park and how much we really encourage everyone to be a part of it. Small group is going to be the safest place you can be in. It's a place where you can be open and honest and for your struggles to be heard and understood. And so we want to affirm that is happening. I think Melanie Park probably has one of the highest ratios. Thank you, Linda. Highest ratios of people who are attending small groups than any church in town. We're way up there. And so that's great. Keep going with that. But with that, we know that the small group leaders are carrying a heavier load. That as they have these open and transparent conversations, small group leaders are starting to hear about sins, struggles, hardships that are just coming out naturally, transparently. And so we wanted to be able to give them some help. And so we've set aside what we call small group coaches. Uh, Brian, Todd, and Jeff are the small group coaches. And each small group leader has been assigned to one of them. So as they're going along in a small group and something comes up, we want the small group leaders to, to manage and lead in that. But sometimes there's a point where they go, I think this is more than I can handle, or I need to talk to somebody about this and need to get some help. So they go to the small group coach, and that's what they're there for, to provide help and assistance and insight to interact on some of these issues. And if the issue is even something more significant, each coach has an elder assigned to them. So then we can take it even up to the elder level. Now, this isn't meant to replace the small group leaders. It's meant to come alongside them, stand with them, and just to give them the support they need as they help people walk through these things. And so we want to continue to develop our small group leaders, but we also don't want to just leave them out there on an island, functioning by themselves. So we set up this new structure with coaches and then even elders for them to get some assistance and help. 
So just one thing to add to that, Brian um, isn't here this morning, but I want to give a lot of credit to him for what he's done to help give strength and support to the small group ministry here. This was his idea. We put it together under his direction, and uh, I think it's a great system to help support. And the main reason that we're doing this, and I want you to understand this, we really want to make sure that the primary source of shepherding takes place in our small groups. So let me give you an example. We want people to know each other and trust each other enough in these relationships that it's Let's say somebody's having a marriage struggle, which, if you've been married, that would be anyone, right, at any time. But instead of being in a situation where the, the issue is brought forward, there's a struggle in a marriage, well, why don't you go talk to Todd? Or why don't you go talk to Doug? Or why don't you go talk to Carrie? We would prefer that it begins, the shepherding process begins at the level of the small group so that they are walking through that together as a community, a small group community of people, so that they can look at Scripture together, that they can rally around each other, and they can help each other deal with that issue within that context. Now, if there needs to be support in that process, that's why that structure's in place. So now there's a coach that can get involved to help guide that conversation. And if need be, the elders would love to be involved in any way that's needed. But we really think the best shepherding in our church happens at the ground level in our small groups. And we want to support that as best as we can. Does that make sense? One other thing that I'll add to that, um, this is another development that Brian is responsible for, but we are now in an effort to have kind of ongoing input with the small group leaders, each quarter we do some type of small little video, we send out an email, in some way instructing, equipping, and guiding our small group leaders with information we think will be helpful to them. We gave uh, small group leaders and, and ministry leaders a book um, from Nine Marks called What It Means to Be a Healthy Church Member, and we're just kind of unpacking that together this year as a part of those quarterly instructions and guidance that we are doing uh, throughout the year. So uh, hopefully that gives some comfort to you guys to know that we do feel this is important, and because it is, we want to make sure it's strong and supported as best as possible. So, okay, Mark? Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. We want to talk a little bit about the missions program here at Melanie Park. And uh, first of all, I'd like to just talk a little bit about, um, give you a report from this last year um, and talk about the giving part just a little bit. Um, Last year, from our general fund, uh, the church provided $60,000 for the support of our missionaries, uh, which le- left us a need of about uh, 15000 more. Uh, and that, th- those funds were, gi- 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 were given by you, pe- people in the church who wanted to be a part of, of providing those funds. But as it turned out, we actually had a little over $20,000 given. <clears throat> And which was a huge ble- blessing, and so that provided about five thousand uh, to go into a, a fund that the M- missions committee could use to help uh, our missionaries and uh, with different projects go- going on. 
And so last year, um, uh, the Pantojas, uh, you may recall, had moved from Turkey back to the States uh, in order for Alejandro to receive some additional training. And as a result of the time they spent in Texas and making those pre preparations, uh, it, it became apparent that it was going to be difficult for them to return to Turkey. And so they, they have now moved uh, back to Mexico. And so because of the uh, funds that have been gi given that, <clears throat> excuse me, weren't need needed for the support of the missionaries, um, we were able to help them with that move to Guadalajara. And then also um, uh, one of our good, good friends that we've been involved in ministry with for many years, uh, Javier Martinez, uh, pa passed away some time ago. And at the same time that he passed away, his wife, Olga, uh, was dealing with cancer. And uh, this last year, we were able to help her pay for me medication costs. Um, and that turned out to be about $1,000. And then the tops had to make a trip to the States, and we helped them co cover some, some of their, tra their travel expenses. Then also the ministry that Keegan Williamson head, heads up to pastors and their, their spouses um, in Mexico and Central American countries in Spain, uh, we were able to make a contribution out of the excess funds for the uh, ministry development in El Salvador. And then fi finally, uh, we helped the Pantojas uh, buy a used ve vehicle uh, once they got to Guadalajara. Uh, th th this year, uh, ju just a, a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, one, once again, uh, in the budget, there's uh, $60,000 al allocated toward the support of our missionaries. And so the extra amount that we need uh, above that for the, this year is going to be $12,728. And some of you are already involved in giving toward that. If, if you would like to take part in, in, in that, uh, you can give online or write, write out a check one time a year or monthly, however you want to do it, and just make sure that, that, that it says for missionary support. And those funds will be put in, in the right place and used to help provide the mo monthly support for our missionaries. Also, um, to let, let you know, we, we had to move the date for our uh, missions conference. Uh, it was going to be last month, but because of things going on here in the city, we, we made, made the change. So now the missions conference will be September 24th, 25th, and 26th. Um, our guest speaker will be Brooks Buser uh, with Radius International. Plus, we'll have quite a few of our mi missionaries will, will, will be here, and we'll be able to visit with them, and they'll speak throughout the weekend. Um, our ban banquet uh, is going to, we're going to get to have a ban banquet again. It's going to be great fun. It'll be at the Science Spectrum. And we'll begin the announcements and the sign-ups on August the, the 8th, and you'll have an opportunity to to sign up for those e events for that that weekend. Um, 
One other very exciting thing we wanted you to know, know about, uh, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and uh, when somebody expresses a desire uh, to be involved in cross-cultural ministry and maybe be sent out as a missionary from Melanie Park, that begins a process that, that the missions committee has in, in place, and it's not a quick process. Anybody who's ever gone through, through this process knows that it takes at least a, a, a couple of years, and, and many times it takes more time than, than that. But just wanted to give you an, an up, update. I don't, I don't have any names for you right now, but just wanted you to know that we have two young people here in the church that will be starting a five-month internship uh, that, that will have them involved in, in uh, a possible ministry among Muslims in the Middle East, and so they'll be doing the first three months of, of, of the internship here in the States, and then they'll spend two months in the mid Middle East, and, and, then, and then we'll see where they go, go from there when, when they return from that internship. We have young, one, one young, young person who's currently interviewing with two different agencies for a possible future ministry. And uh, again, um, th this young person has been, been involved with the, with the missions committee for quite some time, and we're walking through, through, through the steps with her also. And, and then we have a, fa a family who's begin beginning the, pro the, the process for preparation for cross-cultural ministry, and uh, they're new in, in the pro process, and we're excited about what's going on there, and we'll, we'll have more news for you uh, about them la later on also. Um, and, and I might, might just say, if you feel God tapping you on the heart one, one day to po possibly be, 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 be involved in cross-cultural cross ministry of, of some kind, uh, the, the, the Missions Committee at Millie Park would love to vi visit with you about it and explain to you our, pre our preparation process and to help you find an agency. Uh, we would love to do that. In fact, uh, any, the, the, this is a list of those who serve on the missions committee. You may know some of, uh, some of them. If you have questions, you could ask them. Matt Wade, Russ or Liz Concer, Tom Katie, Larry and Nancy Brackett, and Mark and Bonnie Hardy. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. So uh, lastly, um, we wanted to just touch base, kind of more of a review of kind of vision, mission, and values for our church body. Uh, two things that are important to note about this. We don't come up with a vision and mission or values for our church that does not already exist in Scripture, <laughs> okay? So all we're doing is trying to make this clear and memorable so that it really becomes guidance for all that we are and all that we do as a body. Um, and so I want to run through that with you. We kind of revised some things recently. The core of it is the same, but honestly, we wanted to just make it clear and memorable so that you could keep this top of mind. I think, did everybody, do y'all have one of these? Okay, if you didn't get one of these, we're worthy. By the bulletins? Okay, if you didn't get one of these, please grab one. We made them so that uh, for, for most of us, you can just kind of stick it in your Bible and keep it there. Um, we would love for you to just have one of these and let you know uh, as a reminder to, to who we are and what we're about. The way I would kind of describe vision, mission, and values, vision is where we're going. Mission is how we're going to get there, and values is what it looks like, okay? And so I just want to walk through that with you real quickly. 
So looking at our vision, um, we are a gospel-centered family committed to worshiping God, loving people, and making disciples. Not very complicated, is it? But it's very important because every one of these words has meaning, okay? We are a gospel-centered family. Now, the idea of being gospel-centered is the fact that we want everything that we do to center around who Jesus is, what he's done, and why that matters to us. That's the gospel, right? Who Christ is, what he's done, and why that matters to us. And we want to be, we want to live that out in the context of a family. Now, we are a church, but sometimes church can feel impersonal. Family means something, right? We, we know each other. We're connected to each other. These are deep and meaningful relationships. And so we wanted to communicate in our vision that this is who we want to be. This is part of our identity. We want to be a gospel-centered family. It goes on and says, worshiping God and loving people. Now, I hope that sounds familiar because these three things, uh, worshiping God, loving people, and then making disciples come out of two specific places. You'll remember when the lawyer went to Jesus and asked him, what's the greatest commandment? Remember, Jesus gave him two, right? The first one was, uh, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. We would summarize that by saying, worshiping God. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. We would summarize that as loving people. And then when Jesus gave the great commission to his disciples, he tells them, Go and make disciples. And so really, our mission comes out of the two great commandments in the Great Commission. And so we want to be a church, a gospel-centered family who is committed to worshiping God, loving people, and making disciples. All right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to say this together. All right? Let's do our, vi- our vision together. We are a gospel-centered family committed to worshiping God, loving people, and making disciples, okay? So I want you to just let that soak into your heart, let it settle into your mind, and let it be a guide for who we are and what we wanna be about, okay? So the next question is, well, how do we get there? So that's where the mission comes in. Our mission statement says, I guess that's my job this morning. Um, Our mission statement says, we seek to live out our Christ-centered lives through biblical truth, authentic community, genuine worship, and loving outreach. So again, this is how we want to put this vision into action. We talk about Christ-centered lives because at the center of the gospel is what? Jesus, right? And so we want our lives to mirror the life of Christ in all that we say and do. And so when we list out these four specific areas, they are in a specific order for a specific purpose. Okay, so for us to be a live out this Christ-centered lives, it really has to begin with biblical truth, because how are we going to know what a Christ-centered life looks like unless we look at Scripture where that is described? Okay, and so if you look at uh, biblical truth um, as a value, it says God's word is the lens through which we form our worldview. We rely on the Holy Spirit to apply His word, transforming our lives. There it is to become more like Christ. These are Christ-centered lives. We seek to disciple, encourage, admonish one another with biblical truth. We talk about this a lot with our small groups, right? Remember I talked about how we want shepherding to take place at that grassroots level of our small groups? And if you'll look at our small group structure, the first principle that we give our small group leaders is the importance of centering on God's word. 
Because we know that when we get into, let me go back to that example, somebody struggling with their marriage, it would be much more, much less valuable for somebody to simply say, you know, when we had something like that, then this is what we tried, and just kind of give this anecdotal thought and advice, may or may not work. We would rather people go to Scripture together as the source of their counsel because we know that works, right? We know that's truth. And so we want that to be central in everything that we do, which is why it's listed first in our values. We want it to be the, the basis of everything we do so that that is the absolute truth that we can all agree upon and all rally around together, okay? The, the second value is authentic community. It says this, we believe the church is not a place but a family. Again, reemphasizing what we said in our vision. Our relationship with Christ cannot be separated from our relationship with one another. Therefore, we are devoted to showing mercy, extending grace, and building up one another in love. Now, you probably hate to hear me say this again because I probably say it a hundred times, but we were created for community. No man, no woman was ever intended to walk the Christian life isolated from the body of Christ. You look at 1 Corinthians 12 and you see that the body only functions when all the parts are working together. God created us to be interdependent upon one another. But for that to really flourish as God intended, we can't live fake lives. We can't pretend to be people that we're really not. We really have to know each other and be comfortable in that vulnerability and transparency that allows us to live life at a really deep level. That's what family is about, right? Families know each other, sometimes too well, but it builds a strength and a bond that lasts lifetimes. We want the same thing here in our church family. The next value talks about genuine worship. It says, um, worship flows out of a love for God based on our understanding of his love for us. We desire our worship to be expressed corporately as a body of believers and to permeate our daily lives choices, and relationships. Again, the order's important. Begins with biblical truth. It's lived out in authentic community. And then we see that being displayed in genuine worship. And that goes beyond what we do here on Sunday morning. We say it all the time. Worship is an everyday experience of how the love of Christ being filled within you then pours out into the lives of others. That's worship. And so we want everything that we do to not end here so that we don't see worship as confined to a time and space, but we see worship as a lifestyle of God's people when they are centered on biblical truth, living in authentic community, and then putting that on display in genuine worship-filled lives. And then lastly, loving outreach. So living missional lives is the outcome of our devotion to Christ. We seek to share the love, hope, and message of Jesus as we cultivate relationships with others. We desire to be a people who live outwardly focused lives for his glory. Again, these are attached to each other, right? Biblical truth leads into authentic community that pours out into worship-filled lives, and then we want that to pour out into those who don't know Christ, those relationships with your neighbors, those relationships with your coworkers. We really want to see everything that happens within the context of our body to impact the world around us. I mean, why would we be doing this if that wasn't the ultimate outcome of what we're doing together, right? 
And so that's how we believe that the, the vision, then the mission, and the values are ultimately uh, lived out. So hope that you do keep this handy, that you do reference it. And I promise you, whenever we sit down to talk about ministries and we talk about, well, what do we want to be involved in? This is the grid. This is the framework through which we will answer that question and work through those decisions. And since you are part of those with us, we want you to do the same. And so let this be our guide. Okay? Sound good? Any questions about that? Okay. Well, then let me pray for us. Please stick around. Let's do what families do. Just enjoy visiting with each other. Grab some coffee. But let's enjoy some time before worship starts here soon. Father, thank you so much for the time that you've given us to join together as a family. And as we've said already this morning, that's who we want to be, Lord. Uh, we want to be that family that you've created us to be, devoted to one another in brotherly love, sisterly love, that we are committed uh, to doing good, showing honor to one another. Uh, Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to know what that looks like because of the way you relate to us, your sacrificial love, your humble service, your grace and mercies that are new every morning. May we extend to others out of the overflow of what we have received from you. Father, thank you for the way that you have so generously provided through the generous hearts of these people that we can look at a year like last year that was so turbulent and difficult for so many people and yet, there was such faithfulness within this body to provide for the needs of ministry here, but also the needs of people who found themselves in hard places. I cannot tell you how overjoyed I am to be a part of a body who lives that out so beautifully. So, Father, help us just to celebrate the goodness of who you are and how that is lived out in our relationships with one another. And as Jeff reminded us this morning, may we be extremely mindful of how we can invite others into that beautiful, wonderful gift of relationships with one another because of the relationship that we have with you. And may that begin this morning as we spend our time together. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you all for being here.